Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are getting to that feedback that I promised on the last episode. All that and more with this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And in our producer chair... The lovely Miss Lacoste. Who? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that one. Melissa Cleo, how you doing? Sorry. Fantastic. How are you? I, I, I'm used to saying other words, and I did a bad job. Ashley, no, I love it. Ashley's out of town. Oh, God. oh I love it. Melissa's Keeping it in. in. We like it. Oh, yeah, it's staying now. It's too late now. Uh, all right, so let's just dive right into these feedbacks. Uh, these are okay. like our these are the little non Loki, non Black Widow feedbacks that we've been sort of collecting over the last few weeks. Um, yeah, that because we had so much going on, we haven't been able to get to them. So let's do it. Charles Hurton related to Melissa. Um, it's <laughs> a family name <laughs> passed down for generations. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> Charles Horton, one of our patrons, uh, sent us a message. Just became a patron. Love the content and all of y'all. I feel like we could all be friends in real life. I'm sure I'll message some more, but I wanted my first one to be this message. Yeah, and me we and, are all friends in real life. This is real life, and actually, me and Charles have gone to dinner together. Uh, man, it's moving kind of quick there, Matt. Moving kind of quick. No, uh, yeah, me and Alyssa <laughs> and 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 his wife and Charles uh, went on. Uh, yeah, we went out and uh, had dinner in Dallas. They're they're in da- they're Dallas folk. Oh, they're Dallas folk. Yeah. See, you didn't say that. Dinner in Dallas is entirely different. <laughs> a different. Whole different affair. But thank you, Charles, for writing in, buddy. Um, Rad. Thanks for becoming a patron, for real. Yeah, thanks for becoming a patron. If anybody else wants to become a patron, you go to patreon.com slash MCUcast. Go. And that was such a commercial voice. It was. It was good. We had an email from Jordan Nowak. I guess it's Nowak. 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 Jordan says, hello, Matt, Jeff, Ashley, and all of the people that work on the MCU podcast. That includes you, Melissa. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) my name is Jordan N. I'll try to keep this short, but I do want to let you guys know how much I appreciate your podcast. Earlier this year, my depression and anxiety took over my life and I was at a very low point. So I had plenty of time at my house, which resulted in me doing nothing but watching all of the Marvel movies. The movies gave me a distraction, and there are so many underlying messages that helped me realize so many things. Here I am, five months later, doing better than ever, and still watching Marvel content, but my only problem was that I had nobody to talk about it with. Ever since I found your podcast, it's all I listen to. I find myself putting on the podcast rather than music every time I get in my car and when I'm at the gym. Okay, sorry, this is long, but I have a question that everyone can answer, but I'm directing it towards Ashley, our thirst queen. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry. Put my Ashley hat on. Put your Ashley hat on. Uh, I'll write it down so when she gets back to. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure to ask her, too. Hard as I may try, no one replaces Ashley. Okay. So I'll I'll continue, but Jordan, I'm sorry, you got to understand this is Melissa, who is very close to Ashley. They're very good friends, but... Not the same. (laughs) So, question for Ashley. What female character do you think has the potential to leave an impact on young girls as much as Natasha Romanoff? 
I was in second grade when the first Avengers movie came out. So as a kid at the time, Black Widow really stood out to me because she was the only girl. Now, there are so many powerful women in the MCU that give young girls so many options of who they can look up to. Just wanted to spark a conversation and hear your opinions. Love you guys in the low six to nine hundred range. Wink <laughs> emoji. Jordan in less than three. That was beautiful. That was. It is. Jordan, it was. I really am so happy that we can uh, be a part of, uh, you know, the conversation, uh, being somewhere you can turn for that conversation about Marvel content and, uh, especially if it helps you in any small way with your struggles. And like, I love Jordan talking about the, uh, the way that the Marvel content had so many messages in it that helped help him through this. Uh, that's really, really cool. So yeah. if Jordan was in second grade, when the first Avengers movie came out, that was 2012. Hmm. Please stop. Jordan is now probably a senior 18. Probably. They were born in 2000. After the 2000s. I love someone who can come on here and make Melissa feel old. Yeah, right? Like, of all people. That's a balm to my soul right there. Oh, <laughs> So, Melissa, as the... How old were you when when uh, 2012's OG Avengers dropped? Oh, like, boy. where were you in 2012 in your life? In my life? Yeah. I was in middle school, so horrible places. <laughs> horrible places. The so, most awkward. The bad, most awkward. The most. Place. And, like, I didn't even watch back then. Like, I got into Marvel super late. Oh, wow. So, I know. Mm. My first Marvel film was Civil War, which you can imagine my confusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. As great of a movie as it was, it's like, it's really a, not a movie you can just jump into and understand. But, um... Yeah, I guess speaking as a woman, what, what I the female character I feel like that would be a good example for girls going. I don't know, or have a, have maybe, as big of an impact. I think is the big of an impact. I don't know girls like Natasha like, did. Maybe I may be partial, but I'd really like Florence Pugh as Yelena. Not mm. only is she as insanely gorgeous but just like the humor she brings to the character i think is great because i feel like a lot of times the ladies are just there kind of for the look like they don't really get the funny lines or they don't really get a ton of personality and we don't really get to know them i feel like with yelena's character i feel like we really got into you know you know her sadness and like her past and you know why she kind of thinks the way she does and her whole psychology and you know that even the things that you've gone through, she still has very much a sense of humor and kind of laughs at the things that Natasha did that we think were normal. You yeah. know, that like yeah. the whole meta kind of jokes where it's like, you know, Natasha's such posing. a poser. Yeah, she's such a poser. I mm. love the way that she was like, how do you like, why do you with like flipping your hair? It's just like, this? she's just like throwing her head around. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's I like, love it. I feel like it was such a, like a meta joke because it was, you know, like that's, you know, for a long time, that's all Nat kind of was, was the eye candy. Like, oh, she's, you know, badass and she's flipping around and she has her poses and it's super hot. But it's like, Elaine is just like, that's not practical. <laughs> like, I can't imagine yeah. myself doing it. So like, I feel like it's just bringing a more realistic and fun kind of female character. Cause as much as I love, you know, the other female characters, you know, Captain Marvel and Hope Van Dyne, for instance, like they're kind of, they're more serious characters as badass as they are. They're a little more on the serious side. So I like that she's fun. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and like, it's easy for me, a little easier for me to relate to as someone who, you know, has a sense of humor and kind of likes to joke around. Like I look up to, you know, Carol Danvers and how, you know, strong and powerful and strong willed she is, but it's like, you're like, right. And didn't even flinch. Didn't even flinch. Like granddad him. I love it. Like, you know, especially for little girls, like as a kid, you love the characters that make you laugh and, you know, characters yeah. you can relate to. So I feel like, you know, Yelena's kind of like that as well as Shuri. Shuri's another great one being a smart, <laughs> oh, yeah. a smart woman. That's just her, undeniably oh. herself. I, I love that Shuri is up on, on memes. Like she looked at Shala's shoes. And was like, what are those? It was so good. I'm like, oh, I want to be her. Yeah. I'm like, if only. I know. I'm probably almost double that character's age, but I yeah. want to be her. <laughs> like, if somebody is smart enough to look at Bruce Banner and be like, well, I'm sure you did your best. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, that character, Ooh. that character is so cool for representation because she's uh, not only like, a, a, a woman, but also a woman of color, and also incredibly intelligent, and a badass fighter, and like per- tons of personality. Like she, she breaks so many paradigms by herself and throws them all off, and is just an unapologetically great character. Um, I cannot wait to see more from Shuri. Love yep. Shuri. Yep. Oh, it's been a while since we've actually gotten. Some like Shuri, like we get her a little I bit mean, in Infinity War. We're and gonna Endgame, get a little bit in uh, What If? Are we? Are we? At, the, at least in the trailer, there are pictures. There's a few shots of Shuri with the little blaster things on her hands. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm down. Like it I'm shows down. a bunch of Wakandans like stepping in. I think they're like kicking down a door and shows uh, her like holding out the little gauntlets that she has. Okay, Thanks. I think I, I don't maybe remember wrong. that happening, but like, I I don't know that I. We have so much in the what if trailer that is just yeah. like bonkers. Where I'm it's like, like mind blowing. <laughs> I don't know what I just saw, but I love it. All. Help me out! With I love everything trailer. I just saw, but I don't know what if it was in the what if trailer. Who's the he- guy who's just ahead? The guy who's just ahead. Oh, I talking? think that was Scott Lang. Is it right? Scott Lang? I okay. thought it was. I, there's like, a head you mean sitting in the on container. A, on yeah, the chair? A, there's a head sitting on a container going, "Hey guys!" And I couldn't tell who it was because it's animated, and I just couldn't what tell. The and hell it happens trailer. really fast. Have you not seen the second I, trailer? I thought I did. Well, <laughs> our, there's a lot of little cuts here and there, so yeah, it's like okay. easy to miss. It really okay, is. I must I must have missed that it's one. It's super fast. Uh, but uh, to go back on your your Yelena. Uh, uh, talk on her meta, uh, her meta commentary. The thing that I love the most is that when she finally does do the pose and she does the like the, the three point landing, mm-hmm. she's just like, like <laughs> she's stick. Yeah, like rolls she her shudders. shoulders, like she shudders it off. Yeah, she shudders so like, oh, it was so I need gross. a shower now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so good. I feel dirty having done that superhero thing. <laughs> <laughs> like she just does her job. She doesn't, you know, do all the male pandering. Yeah, you know, she just is a badass fighter. Mm. And she's hilarious, and I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig it. So. I love it. I dig it. So Ashley can have her own answer, but I think that was a pretty solid one. Yeah, I think that was that was a, a I think it's pretty solid. 
a very solid answer. I, you know, I'm going to, again, I'm going to leave it up to Ashley, but like, if Ashley doesn't want to give her own answer, like that one, that one holds up. I I mean, you should have a, you should be a podcast producer. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Not for me. No interest. (laughs) No, I'm excited to hear what Ashley says too. Cause like you said, I think we think alike, but you think she's going to go for Sylvie? Ooh. Yeah, that's that's a that's fun a game. Point. Let's let's let's, uh, let's predict. Ooh, yeah, well, we need what, to put on the board Ashley what says. Ashley's gonna say. Mm. I think what's Sylvie's Ashley gonna say? Put it call. on the board. Sylvie's a pretty good call. I like to, try to predict Ashley. That's hard. And Ashley's gonna listen to this, uh-huh, and she's she gonna she specifically will. yeah, she's gonna specifically pick something that we didn't say. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say she agrees with me, and she goes with Yelena. That's my guess. Okay. 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 I'm um, going to say that she hopes Hella comes back and becomes <gasps> becomes the like uh you know the 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 role model that all the young girls need. <laughs> uh. I don't know if role models the right word. Yeah. Fashion icon I can get on board with. Model, yes. Yeah. Role the, model, no, maybe. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing <laughs> Ashley for, for the, the, the darkness of Ashley. The, the, uh, yeah. Love, How much she loves love Hela. The lover of darkness. Um, Ooh, I'm, I'm going to say that she's going to go with Wanda. Yeah. Or Agatha. But mostly Wanda. Yeah, she loves the witchy thing, too. Because so. she loves the witchy things. Yep. And Wanda looks like she might be poised to kind of take a dark turn. Yeah. Well, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. I, I, I would, you know, if if I were to try to answer this question, I think Wanda has a good shot at being that that character that, that uh, you know, like a great character going forward. But it really, that statement might not age well. Uh, depending on what happens with Wanda over the next couple movies, like if she if <laughs> she's true. the big bad, like who is trying to destroy worlds, it's like oh that's that wasn't a good call. Maybe that's maybe troubling. She's not a role model. Yeah, maybe not a role model. <laughs> oh, we're gonna lump her in with Hella now. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Elena. That's my guess. Okay, I dig it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next up, Matthew Nace sent us an email. Hey, Matt, Jeff, and Ashley. Not sure where you are jumping to now, but wanted to say I've been loving all your podcasts this year. Long story short, I went through a divorce during COVID last year and found the MCU mm. movies great bonding with my eight-year-old. I found your podcast just before WandaVision, and it has been awesome to keep up to date and knowledgeable of all the particulars and help my son understand exactly what's going on. So thanks, 3000, for all of it. Three brief points I wanted to mention. Uh, Number one, why isn't Zemo considered the power broker? Sharon just answered a call at the end of the show while Zemo has a private jet, a murdering butler, and arranges a massive hit from incarceration. Ultimate Bond villain. Like, even Val recognizes his involvement in it. Have more on this, but just trying to keep it short. Number two, the parallels between classic Loki and He Who Remains are spot on. Both took themselves out of the equation to end war. Both went into isolation for too many years to count. Both ran into the TVA once they got bored and wanted to leave. And number three, uh, if the Soul Stone is only given by sacrificing the one you love the most, isn't it messed up that Hawkeye and Nat both consider each other the ones that they love the most? Like, Banner should be pissed at Clint. Something scandalous happened in Budapest? (laughs) Thanks again for all you do. 
Uh, taking that for last one first, I don't think it's what you love the most. I think it's just that which you love or something like that, right? Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be so. most. The, the phrasing is very particular. You have to lose that which you love. Yeah. A soul for a soul. So it's just that he loves Nat and it does not have to be uh, in any way romantic. I think very specifically they didn't say love the most because then it would be problematic with him having a wife and children. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean even like going off like his last or their last statement. I feel like Nat probably likes Hawkeye more than Bruce. Like, they were not together for long. Well, and and like, never were really together. They were never really together. Just like, flirted a little bit. They have a, she has a very large kinship for Clint. Mm-hmm, for sure. Like, very yeah. large respect yeah. and friendship yeah. for Clint. So, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and Matthew, I am so glad that we can be the uh, provider of knowledge to make you look like the best, most knowledgeable dad to your <laughs> eight-year-old. Like, you know, I, I this I will do for you, sir. Yeah, my my dad never took the time to learn about the things I was interested in. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, it's He Man's Castle, whatever it's called. I don't know. It's Grace Skull. That's Grace Skull. Come on. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I watched all of that, uh, the new Master of the Universe series, and I don't know if I've mentioned it, but that was like my first fandom. I was like a four-year-old watching He-Man. I loved He-Man as like a four-year-old, but I really haven't watched it since, so it was a weird thing in my brain to watch the Master of the Universe series, because it was so referential of the old stuff while being a very new story, and like, I was just like, what is happening right now? Like, I remember all of this, but none of this? Like, really <laughs> strange. All- familiar i think yeah who are you i didn't go back and rewatch any of the old stuff i just jumped right into it anyway uh power broker zemo is not the power broker because zemo would never give powers yeah like done i think the power broker is a specific like he is definitely a powerful character but zemo (laughs) specifically like the, the power broker's thing is like being able to disseminate power and he does that apparently with super soldiers even um and Zemo would never do that. Yeah, Z- like I, I'm so happy that we can be that source of knowledge for you. Now let me lay some on you. He's not the power broker. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the call that Sharon like gets after she leaves the hearing, it sounds like she's talking to like one of her followers. Like we're re- like something like. Hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like we're ready to move at a moment's notice, or so- it was something real shady. Oh, she you know? says, I now have access to all kinds of weaponry and stuff. Right. Yeah, like line up the buyers. It sounded like an assistant. Yeah. yeah. Some sort of follower. I don't think she's talking to like a boss. Right. See, uh, Sharon's a girl boss. <laughs> oh, it's her own I still think there is a possibility that she is not the power broker. I think that's what the way, definitely what the show wants us to believe at the end. But there are some weird things if you watch like... And it may be a weirdness between maybe a change they made when they had to rewrite the scripts. I really don't know. Um, but like, there's some weirdness between like, she never says she's the power broker. She just assumes, someone assumes she's the power broker and then like, she doesn't deny it, but it's, she does kill that person, which made me think it was true. But then like, maybe, I don't know. We've talked about this all before, but yeah, there's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she's the power <laughs> broker, but I, I think the show wants us to believe that at the end. So I, I guess for now, I believe it. <laughs> Yeah. She's the best guest of the power broker right now. Yeah. That's all we know. Power broker could be Mephisto. Could be Mephisto. Mephistork. 
Yeah. We, we got to bring it up now that Ashley's not here. <laughs> we got to make sure we get it in the cast. Yeah, there has to be at least one. We reached our quota. <laughs> I, I still think there's a Sometimes. possibility that the power broker is tied to the Mandarin, seeing as that we've seen like Madripoor mm. stuff going on uh, in uh, both mm. of those movies, right? Mm, no, I thought in a yeah. Shang. Oh, that's right. We we don't know. We don't know if it was a Captain America shield or a Madripoor oh. flag. Still, oh that. But there's that Madripoor flag in the background <laughs> oh, of the fight of the fight scene in Shang Chi. And so a lot of people speculated. There's also a very similar looking like city they're heading into in a part yeah, of Shang-Chi. Yeah, okay. Like in the I, trailer for Shang-Chi. It took me a little bit to remember the uh, the discussion. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's possible that there's something else going on with the power broker. Or even if she is the power broker that she's still working for, or, you know, working with other organizations or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, who are her clients? If she is the power broker, will we get to know Everybody. her clients? Probably not. Um, we're not business people. <laughs> we don't. Run, we don't run in those circles. We don't run in those circles. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. You're like best friends with a certain Marvel figure. Uh, you keep saying best friends. Yeah. Like. We're not best friends. Yeah. Um, she you, knows I exist. Can you, you hug each can other? Can you talk about that on the show? Can you talk about the fact that one of the Marvel people knows you exist? Sure. I mean, I work with Brie Larson at work. What? <laughs> it's so cool. What? It's so cool. All the questions. All the Just answer all the uh, questions. Go. <laughs> I don't know if I have any answers. <laughs> But you subbed out for Ashley. You got to sub in for Brie Larson now. <laughs> I, like if I subbed out for Ashley, I feel like I need to like talk about hair or something. Like, I don't have a specialty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a thing. You, you're a, you're a, you're our official Brie Larson correspondent. Our <laughs> <laughs> Melissa in the field. <laughs> oh my goodness! But you're you're Melissimo. <laughs> you're Melissimo. <laughs> just just go up go up to Brie Larson. Tell her you need to come on our podcast. I am Melissimo. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a big deal, so I need you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so I'm accurate. Promptly fired. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're done here for sure. That's so cool, though. Like. If you don't want it, like, how much interaction have you do actually have with her? Like, you you work like marketing thing, right, with her? Yeah. Wow. So she's like, well, I don't know how much she wants to tell about her business. I just am curious. That's why, like, assuming we're best friends. No, I'm not. Like, I'm not at all. I'm just saying, like, you you know, you you talk to her from time to time. It's just neat. It's just neat that you know. You uh, told me that you braid each other's hair. Yeah, I don't know how to braid hair. I like frequently, (laughs) (laughs) and her hair's real short. Like. She has hair people for that, probably. <laughs> you you there, random, random You had girl. a sleepover, and you had a pillow fight. You told me about it. Were we in, like, a two, early 2000s movie? <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's where all things happen. That's what my brain says. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Let's, this took a turn. Okay. Matthew also what said. What talking about? Uh, I don't know. Matthew's thing. He, his last. His last point was the parallels between Loki and He Who Remains. Both took themselves out of the equation to end war. 
I don't know. How did Loki do that? Take himself out of the equation to end war. Do we mean in the series? Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what he's well, pointing. Okay, out. the classic Loki said that classic Loki. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread. Basic classic Loki and He Who Remains are spot on. Did you say basic Loki? Is that the one that has like UGG boots on? And I think a PSL I just said Loki. Hand? Yeah, basic Loki. He's like, uh, <laughs> just listen to White Woman's Instagram and yeah, it carries insert, a Pomeranian. Insert Loki. <laughs> White Loki's Instagram. Why? <laughs> My Loki's Instagram. Oh, God. Ashley's going to be so happy that we made that reference and that I still haven't watched Bo Burnham. Oh, you're, you're a problem. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh thank you. That's so accurate. <laughs> I am, in fact, a problem. <laughs> He says both anyway. both went into isolation for too many years to count. Uh, both ran into the TVA once they got bored and wanted to leave. Uh, I don't know if I would say that he who remains ran into the TVA, like created them and controls yeah. them. And even even yeah. the two Lokis, he led them there. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to try to draw some parallels like that, but I don't I don't really see it. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely both, like, older characters who sat in isolation for a long time and got... They're both old. <laughs> well, they both are old who kind of removed themselves from the situation and, like, sat until they decided to emerge again. Uh, at least it's, but that, that's no, our interpretation. I don't, I don't think so, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and disagree, because He Who Remains didn't remove himself from the situation. He put himself in charge of the situation. Sure. He removed fair. all other versions of himself. He weaponized a liar. That's fair. And then put this thing into place to, to like control the shit. I still, how does time work? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> how does time, <laughs> time work? doesn't work. <laughs> I just, I just don't know how time works. And I'm like, the, like, just now, I'm having the thought about, like, okay, so he who remains is living outside the timeline, looking at the timeline, but he also, he did this so he wins, right? So this is his timeline. So is he living on the timeline he's watching, and then at the end of his life, he goes to, at the end of his life, when he has done all of his conquering or remaining, I guess, in this case, uh, does he just go... <laughs> Uh, Kang the remainder. Um, then he does he just go to the citadel and sit for the rest of what? What it, I want to say the rest of time, but that's not even it. The rest of his life, his existence, his remaining. I I mean, in times like this, when I think about you know how time works, I refer to the words of our Lord and Savior. Agent Daisy Johnson, in that you shouldn't think about it because you'll it'll blow your brains out. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm I'm down with that. I was gonna I thought you were gonna say like I'm gonna refer to the words of our thirst queen of I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. Alright, that's better. Let's go back. Okay. Prune that last take. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the missed opportunity. It's okay. I forgive you. All right. Uh, let's see. Mallory Stefferson sent us an email. Hey, friends. Just wanted to know your thoughts about the possibility of the writers bringing back, quote unquote, 
T'Challa via variants. Mm. I feel like since Chadwick Boseman passed away so suddenly and recently, leaving his version of Black Panther alone would be the most respectful thing to do and not introduce other T'Challa variants. What do you think about this? Thanks. Hmm. I think it's the most respectful thing to do. And they said they're not going to recast T'Challa. It's, now, it's a really interesting question, though, because that's not really recasting. That's casting a different variant. I do, I do think you're right. I think they're not going to do it. I feel like that goes around, you know, doing the right thing. It I think feels that's, like a that's cheap like, trick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. you're cheating the rules. You're skirting the rules. I, I don't like it. I, I still like the I idea. I still enjoy the creativity of the question, Mallory. That does like, yeah. That's interesting. Like, See, that's the kind of that's the kind of ingenuity we need around here. Because it doesn't have to look like uh, T'Challa. It doesn't have to be the same at all. It could be a very different person. If they did that, it would just be him from another universe, so he wouldn't have the same interactions and stuff. Yeah. It's a very interesting question. I don't think they'll do it. I think we're probably, unfortunately, just not going to have T'Challa in the MCU anymore. I just want Killmonger back. Because we've, like, we saw Killmonger in the trailer for What If? Mm-hmm. And, like, that means he's out there in the multiverse and we can get him back. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Let's go grab him. Let's go grab him. 100% okay with that. I just, like, I, I feel like they're probably just, probably going to write his character off in some way, which sucks. But yeah. also, it's probably the right thing to do for the character and for Chadwick Boseman instead of recasting or just being like, hey, well, this guy's gone. There's another version right here. You know? Yeah. Like, it feels kind of cheap. Yeah. You guys are saying. Yeah, but I hear that. Also, I'm not ready for a funeral scene. Oh, of, not at all. Of, of T'Challa. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't want it. I nope. don't want it. You can't make me accept it. Nope. All right, so now that I'm uh, trying hard not to cry, <clears throat> Timothy Castillo is an email. <laughs> Hey, Jam. Jam? Yeah, that means oh, Jeff, Ashley, cute. and Matt. Oh, that's cute. It's our acronym. We need to like, look for enough people to spell peanut butter. Uh, peanut butter <laughs> sounds a little bit like... Or we so. could just do P, P, B, and J. P, B, and Jam. And find a P and a B. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Let's move on. Sorry. We've taken this too far. Hey, Jam, I just watched the teaser for Eternals again after Loki wrapped up, and I noticed that the ship that shows up at the beginning looks similar to the material that the Citadel at the end of time was made of. There are the very geometrical and determined shapes. There's also that random golden marbling throughout. I just thought it was interesting enough to mention, for all time always, Tim Castillo. Mm, For all time always. For all time always. Yeah, great sign off. The <laughs> the producer of the show came out this week and said that fans should recognize that ship that we see at the beginning of the show. Oh, should we? And like, or that fans should like it should be meaningful or something. I forget the exact wording, but maybe this is what he's talking about. I don't know. Um, I'd really, yeah, I haven't taken the time to freeze frame it. But I can right now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, what is that ship? <laughs> are know. we are we talking about the ship in the Eternals trailer? Yeah, the big, look the flying Dorito. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. I am looking at. I, I read. I'm I'm having a hard time. We we went too long. I was thinking about the Loki, the beginning of Loki. Sorry. You know, at the beginning okay. of Loki, where you see a ship fly by. The oh, episode six. Yes. Yeah, in episode, episode six. six. In episode yeah. six, when they're swirling around the universe, you see a ship fly up to the camera, and people have been like, "No, we don't know who what that is." Probably the producer this week said that like fans should know should recognize that ship, and I don't. Hmm. And I was hmm. I haven't taken the time to freeze frame it though. Well, episode six. I'll do that here in a minute. <laughs> Or Melissa can do that. I was going to say, I'm the producer here. Yeah, Melissa's <laughs> going to run down that lead. I like it. BRB. Get us some content. <laughs> but talking about the Eternal ship, which is what <laughs> Timothy that's asked what, about. That's what Tim's going Sorry for. Sorry about that, Timothy. Um, well, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I can kind of see it's similar in uh, in its construction. What do you think? Uh, mm, I didn't see the, uh, the the golden striations throughout it. Like it, it looks like it could be the same kind of dark material, um, right? But I'm not seeing the production elements are similar. But I don't really, I don't see it as super connected. Yeah, I, I don't have enough to go on yet to say either way. Yeah, but uh, hit me back up in November and let's talk, or you know when we get another trailer. Yeah. Do that. Steven Lawson is an email. Jeff Madden. Ashley, I have loved your fantastic breakdowns of the shows and multiverse recently. However, I do want to challenge the idea that the MCU may not be using Nexus beings in a similar way to the comics. Here's my reasoning to back this up. In the final episode of Loki, He Who Remains recognizes that he does not know what will happen uh, next at the 27 minute 50 second mark. In the final episode of WandaVision, Wanda transforms into the Scarlet Witch at the 27 minute 50 second mark. I do not believe in coincidences in the MCU. I believe that the Scarlet Witch will be an anchor slash nexus being that throws the multiverse into madness by leaving her timeline in search of her kids, Speed and Wiccan, who may or may not already be working with Iron Lad. The possibilities are endless! You guys rock. I love you 3000. Steven from Nashville. Mm. So, I, I I agree that it's possible that ne- the Nexus Beings concept used in comics is possibly going to be uh, part of the show, but it doesn't. the The way they've talked about Nexuses till now has not been related to that. It seems because let's say yeah. Loki has created a bunch of Nexuses, right? Like we know that. Yeah. He's created tons he's, of Nexus I. Nexus events. Sure, that's easier to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's also what they said in the show. <laughs> it's easier to use the terms they actually use. But there's also tons of Lokis in different versions of the universe, which is the whole thing about Nexus beings, right? That can only exist in their universe. Well, Nexus beings are kind of like the embodiment of the magic of that verse. That's why the um, there was a there was a, a woman who looked exactly like Wanda in a different verse that was um, like the primary magic of that universe was necromancy, mm-hmm. and so she, her thing was to like raise the dead to fight for her, and you know, but give she's visions. not she's not a variant of Wanda though. She's a something I else. Don't, I don't think so. 
Okay. Uh, but she was consuming other realities. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't deny, uh, Steven that there could be some, they could, they could in the future use Nexus beings that way, but I don't think yet that we have seen, uh, that a Nexus event and a Nexus being are connected, I guess is what I, what I was trying to get at on the last episode. Cause the way we talked about, in a uh, in WandaVision, when Wanda created a spinoff, you know, or like the the fact that what she was doing might be creating a nexus, uh, mean that she was a nexus being, but now it seems that what she was doing might have been causing a nexus event. It would be confusing to the average viewer if they were like tried to do this whole this is a nexus event, but this is a nexus being, and the two are not related. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The only way that it could make sense is if they took like a next logical step kind of thing of like. You know, maybe Kang is worried about, uh, you know, this particular version of Wanda because she's a Nexus being. Like, she created this this Nexus event, this branch universe, and she's so strong that it's, you know, it's making it difficult to conquer that reality, maybe? Like, maybe she's the one that's defending it? I don't know. It's, uh, it, it feels like a stretch to try to make that fit in any way. William Reedson is an email. Hey everyone, I know it's a little early, but I've had a theory picking away at my brain and wanted to get it out there. What if the concept of how Gore gets the Necrosword from the comics, God's Landing in front of him, is twisted in the MCU to include Hela instead? We all know her swords and daggers were heavily influenced from the Necrosword. So here's my theory. When Asgard explodes from Ragnarok, a sword formed from Hela during her attack on Surtur gets flung off into the depths of space. This sword then lands in front of Gore, and as he grabs it, the hatred and revenge of Hela against her siblings and other gods begins to infest him. This way, it's still the Necrosword concept, and he slowly gets more engulfed throughout the film, with her voice echoing in his head. Just a random theory and wanted to get your opinions. Hmm. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's, it seems very much like the kind of thing that Marvel does, where they like to collapse stories down to include the people that we have already in the verse. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like the idea of a, a, a dark thing that somebody finds from space uh, corrupting them slowly and taking them over while they try to kill heroes that we've already seen. Yeah. That is a good idea. Venom? Uh, no, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I liked how your, your description of Venom specifically, uh, that we've already seen specifically leaves out the current Venom movies. <laughs> 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 I, I got what you did there. It was very complicated trickery, and I get yep. it. <laughs> you clever devil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross Murray sent us an email. Oh, sorry, Ross Murray from Scotland. <clears throat> My name is Ross and I'm a listener from Scotland. I was just doing some thinking about Ant-Man Quantumania and I was wondering if you had any thoughts on it. There's got to be something else going on regarding the villains of that movie. My reasoning for this being, if Kang the Conqueror is going to be the next big bad of the MCU, how big and how bad can he be if he gets his ass kicked and by Ant-Man? <laughs> Thanks for being a great podcast. Love you, 3000. Um, apparently Ashley quoted Gandalf in her response email. Yeah, I don't know what she's talking about there, though. I don't know what she said. 
So, <laughs> I d- there, there's a lot of things going on in this email. I don't know for sure that Kang's the next big bad. Also, yeah. it's has he been announced as the villain of the movie or just announced that he's in it? Just that he's in it. Because he might not be the villain. Like, they might not fight at all. He might be... I mean, it, it could a, be several versions of Kang. Exactly. Like... Yeah. Y- you say, how bad can he be? Like, I mean, the He Who Remains described the various Kangs that he could be. And, like, he could be any of them. <laughs> you know, like, he could yeah. be a much more treacherous, uh, harder-to-fight Kang. Or he might be a very easy... To defeat Kang. I, I don't know, the kinder, gentler Kang. This this Kang's easy breezy, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like the, I like the idea of, like, Kang. Oh, oh, we need Party Kang. I'll hop over to the universe and bring Party Kang over. Oh, yes. Um, to go to this party yeah. tonight. <laughs> and this particular Kang, this particular version of Kang was at one point called Dionysus. I don't or know the Bacchus. reference. Uh, oh, uh, I gotcha for that. Uh, gotcha. Party. The Greek god. The Greek god yeah. of, like, revelry. P-A-R-T-Y, because you gotta. So, yeah, the the major answer that we have uh, is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that is, that is basically. That's always our answer. Basically, but, uh, well, we do know. Also, that's possible. That he can't, that it's, he's not the big bad, but just a character in the movie. Uh, it's also possible that he's not going to be the big bad of the MCU. This all might be a red herring. He might be a character that we see kind of weave through stories going forward, but the next big bad may be somebody totally different. Um, yep. And also... <laughs> it's actually Apocalypse! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Also, at this point in the story, Ant-Man is kind of one of the senior Avengers we have left, on Earth Ugh. at least. whoever thought we were going to say those words right yeah like (laughs) but they're gonna I think he'll still be his funny self but like they're gonna need to if he's gonna still be an Avenger he's gonna like probably step up into sort of a leadership role at some point at least at least that team with Hank and uh maybe and 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 Hope oh man that makes me think that Hank is gonna set up Avengers Academy like mm. Hank is going to do it so that he gets to be the teacher for this young generation of heroes so that he can like whip them into shape and not have them turn into another Stark, you know? Yeah. Except <laughs> uh, he's going to lead Kang to, yeah. Like what if he does that? He's like, yeah, we, uh, maybe if we start this new Avengers team, we can lead them not to be so, you know, they're not <laughs> going to do it right. We're going to do it right. We're not going to be like Stark. We're going to start our own thing and it's not going to spin off into a bunch of villains. Q Oops, Kang. We made Kang. Q <laughs> Kang through a portal. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yep. And like, let's not forget either. Like, it's not just Ant Man. I like, we have the Wasp, Hope. Yeah. We have Hank. We have um, Janet. Yeah, and Janet's uber powerful now. Right? Like, she has oh, yeah, she power the- in her hands, like quantum power, if yep. that's what you want to call it. I do. <laughs> and then, uh, probably Cassie. Like, you feel like at this time, maybe yeah. Cassie is developing some sort of skills. It's yeah. Like, there's a little bit of a team there. She's got a stature of her own. I mm-hmm. see what you did. 
<laughs> Clever devil. Yeah, so there's a lot going on in that movie that Kang yeah, would that have... Yeah, Scott? Yeah, Kang would have to contend with, but also Kang might not be the bad guy, and also this is a version of Kang who's who knows what other Kangs there will be. It's so many Kangs. So little time. Yeah, he's actually the hero. Scott Lang's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't spoil it. Makes you just sense. blew my mind. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last up, Ruben Clement sent us a Facebook message. Hey, everyone. Hey, Ash. And a crown emoji. First time reaching out, I couldn't find the email, but I just wanted to ask a question based off the last episode. If he who remains protecting the timeline or just pruning possibilities of being truly defeated out of existence, etc., and Doctor Strange is seeing the only timeline where they don't get pruned, then the one thing immediately pops into my head. Why did Kang want Tony Stark dead so badly? What was it that they'll need Tony for that he had to be disposed of? Thanks again. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, Tony solves problems. He figured out the inverted Mobius strip. <gasps> Mobius! Mm-hmm. Sorry. I've heard a lot of theories around this uh, going around, like the the idea that Tony, like this whole, that Kang basically is going to, now, here's what does make sense to me. That, I don't think it's so much that he needs Tony to be dead, but we are entering an age in the timeline. Like, if he's going to go back to a time and attack the timeline, right, for Uh whatever reason, it makes sense that he would pick a time when all the Earth's heroes had been sort of defeated or killed, or like a lot of Earth's heroes have, a lot of their biggest heroes are gone, right? So it makes sense that this would be a time to attack. I don't think it necessarily means he chose to have Tony die. That was probably Tony's one of Tony's possible destinies anyway was to die in that way. But this makes sense that it's time for him to attack. Right. Hmm. If he's going to attack. I think he will. I just don't know when or how or which. (laughs) Okay. It's just, it's like, I think he's going to attack. Just, I don't know if it's going to be him. (laughs) Or or when or who yeah. which which Kang will it be or why mm-hmm. or when <laughs> when is definitely a question why is the conqueror <laughs> <laughs> I'll do you one better okay I I'm losing it we need yeah. to get out of here yeah man eh. well that was our feedback yeah anything you want to promote or anything Melissa um just trivia on Wednesdays Woo! so. Live on Twitch, 7 o'clock p.m. Matt, you usually come on here and play a couple songs before we actually start at 7.30 Central. Yeah. Trivia runs till about 8.30, and then we kind of jump on a Zoom for what we call After Dark, where we kind of just hang out, we play code names, we talk about stuff, make new friends, have fun. Yeah. So it's a good time. Stop by. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> Dig it. Wednesday. We'll, we'll be there Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, well, that's all for us. And uh, make sure to check out this week, Binger's Assemble and Source Pages. Um, those are our two big uh, other straight independent podcasts that have big things going on this week. Suicide Squad on Binger's Assemble. Uh, and uh, they're, do- they're covering doing a Kang primer over on source pages, which I'm excited to listen to. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. So 
I'm going to do that tomorrow. Peace. Until next time, Jerry Believers. <laughs> what? <laughs> I expected someone else to pick up the ball or say something, and no one did, so I just said peace. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Look at you being all industrious. Are you going to like clean the house while you listen to that episode? Nah, man, we're done. Okay. (laughs) Well, now I feel bad. We didn't say anything. Until next time, true believers. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.